G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. This week, we heard the sentiment that when the state controls someone's conscience, then the state will control everything. There are real-world problems starting to emerge for religious freedom. Many in the employment context, like school teachers, there are issues for parents, free speech, transgender issues in schools, and ongoing debates about scripture and chaplaincy. Well, there are already cases before the courts, some in Australia and many overseas, as we've been hearing in our last conversation over this past half hour with Ashley Saunders, who's in London and getting context for what's happening with the UK fight for freedom and what that might mean for us here in Australia. In fact, it appears that anyone who does not conform to the new LGBT agenda is going to meet opposition. As you know, as the legislation for same-sex marriage was passed through the Parliament, the issues for religious freedom were relegated to a review by former Minister Philip Ruddock. We've been referring to it as the Ruddock Freedom Review. So even as we speak, protections don't exist for people who hold a counter position to the LGBT agenda. We're going to talk through some of these issues. You might like to contribute to our conversation this hour. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. And welcoming another special guest, Dave Pellow, who's an online conservative commentator. He's also behind the upcoming Church and State Summit, which is scheduled for Friday the 23rd of February in Brisbane. We'll talk some more about that too. But a special welcome back to 2020 to you, Dave. G'day, Neil. Thanks for having me again. Dave, this issue of freedom, I've been saying that people are either ignorant or apathetic when it comes to just how important this issue of freedoms is. We're not hearing it talked about in the mainstream media. Mm. We are talking about it on this program, uh, but there are very few others who seem to be able to articulate just how important it is that we don't lose these sorts of freedoms. What's your overall view of what's been happening so far? Yeah, certainly it's not even on the radar of of the mainstream media. They're, they're not concerned at all. As far as they're concerned, the battle is over. They've undefined marriage and there's nothing left to do. They're, they're happy with the way things are. But what we've seen as Christians is that you can't communicate even to your denomination members the truth about what the Bible says about certain issues such as marriage without getting in trouble. And so freedom of religion, even before the change in legislation, was already diluted and weak in Australia. And so this extra legislation has just given them extra ammunition to persecute Christians who hold to a biblical value, especially if they hold to that view publicly. Interesting when you raise the issue of what churches are telling people, because there's almost an ideological coercion 
Uh, it's this uh, this going along with the flow of society, uh, the spirit of the age, some people call it, mm. and uh, even appearing to be that church leaders are reluctant uh, to just preach a biblical line. Mm. And so they water it down and they make excuses for this and they compromise on that and uh, just to try and make it fit so we don't tread on anyone's toes. Yep. Uh, when you say uh, that church leaders are not speaking as loudly as they ought to, uh, what's your encouragement? to churches to actually preach biblical truth? Well, there are some, and there are an increasing number, but there aren't enough Christian leaders willing to take a public stand with as simple a a gesture as Margaret Court did, writing a letter to her, the editor of her local newspaper, saying, this is what the Bible says, this is what I believe, and I'm going to live according to that. That's what the world wants us to. We have Andrew Bolt, who's agnostic. We have Mark Latham, who's agnostic or atheist. We have, you know, multiple people in the world calling the church to speak, to join the conversation, to participate in our inclusive democracy, where everybody's voice is allegedly valued. And, and we have the, the opportunity, but we also have the imperative, uh, biblically, to shine our light and to actually be salt, and I, I love the the uh, the facets and the nuances of what salt does in a social context. Salt is not just tasty; it's a preservative. It actually preserves the the value and the the health of a society. It also attracts water. You know, so that's what the church should be. And water in the Bible often speaks of the multitudes of 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 multiple large populations, we should be doing that. But salt also brings healing. And if you've ever been in the ocean, the salty sea with an open wound, it can sting a little bit as it brings that healing to you. So, you know, as we see with Jesus addressing, and this is the best example of Christian leadership, of course. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, Rabbi, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? He said, I've done this, 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 and this. I've done everything. And Jesus, knowing exactly what he would and would not be able to say yes and no to, didn't dilute the gospel, didn't dilute the standard. He said, you have to put God first in your heart, above your feelings and above the things that you love most of all. And he said, I can't do that. And Jesus didn't dilute the gospel for him. He said, this is what it is. He could have. He could have said, hey, you're actually a really good person. You've done enough. That's not the gospel we're called to preach. When you say salt and light, uh, sometimes we think of the actions of Christian believers. Uh, But there is an issue here, isn't there, that when the church speaks up, uh, some would call that the church being the conscience of a nation. Absolutely. Uh, This idea of conscience, and when we talk about freedoms, we talk about freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. So if there are church leaders who are not being the conscience, not prepared to stand for the truth, to speak up even if they get criticised, then somehow or other we are uh, destined to defeat. Uh, But if we can get to a point where we start to pluck up enough courage to be the conscience of the nation, then there can be a protection for the whole nation. Absolutely. It's... It's uh, it's necessary. It's not just self-preservation that we're speaking up for. It's our nation. It's our neighbours. There are 25 million people 
which the Bible calls our neighbours, who we're commanded to love. And withholding truth from somebody isn't loving, it's it's hateful. Uh, Leviticus, uh, I think it's chapter 19, talks about loving your neighbour as yourselves. And when I saw this in Leviticus, I thought, oh, wow, I thought Jesus said that for the first time in his life ministry. But it was actually way back there, Leviticus, love your neighbour as yourself. And the verse immediately adjacent to that preceding it, and there's no coincidences in in the construction and ordination of Scripture, the verse immediately preceding love your neighbour as yourself says confront your neighbour directly when he's sinning so that you aren't held guilty of his sin as well. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you on this Thursday edition of 2020. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. We are talking freedom again today. And as you can hear by the way that guests are talking about the significance of freedom and the Radic Freedom Review that's coming up, this is such an important issue. And as a Christian believer and as a parent and as an ordinary Australian, you should be concerned about how freedoms are being watered down and taken away in this nation. David Pello is our guest, online conservative commentator. Pello Talk is the name of his website. So davidpello.com, I think it is, uh, .com or .org. davepello.com. Okay, got to get that right. DavePello.com. Dave, let's talk about this Radic Freedom Review for a few moments because while the Prime Minister was very happy to handball the issue of freedoms off to a review to get it out of the way while that legislation for same-sex marriage passed through the Parliament late last year, uh, some are saying it's been handballed off to a freedom review and that's just farcical, that's just a sham. What are your thoughts on the actual review itself? My important preface is that as much of a sham as we may conclude it is, as much of an exercise in futility, we cannot ever neglect the opportunity to answer the question when asked, what do you think? That's our responsibility as the church, especially when we're asked, but even when we're not. So we can't not send in tens of thousands of, of positive submissions affirming the freedom of religion, speech, and, and conscience in Australia. However, when Dean Smith's legislation was first proposed, um, he had zero protections for freedom of religion. And at the time, Malcolm Turnbull attested that he valued freedom of religion above even redefining marriage. Unfortunately, uh, he rejected every opportunity to do anything positive about preserving the freedom of religion or introducing protection for freedoms of religion, especially in light of the, the dangers with this bill. They actually had a Senate inquiry, a parliamentary inquiry, into whether there was a need for extra provisions in the legislation. They looked into it extensively. There were lots of submissions made. And, and here's the point. We've done this before. We've done this recently. And the recommendations of, of that inquiry came back and said, yes, everything the Christians are saying they're concerned about, they have a right to be concerned about. There are risks that need to be regarded and guarded against. And they completely passed over every opportunity to do something about it at the same time as they passed this undefinition of marriage legislation. 
and and so it, it sort of smacks of disingenuity to to say, well, now let's have a look at how we can get the horse back in the barn when they had a chance to shut the gate before the horse bolted. Uh, but we now need to speak up. And I suspect knowing all along just how complicated the process would be if there was going to be now some protections for freedom of religion. Uh, this is why it's so important to make a submission because the complications and how difficult it would be to get through to legislation point because uh, when there's a review, uh, undoubtedly out of the review, there'll be some recommendations. Mm. So then the government will have a right to pick and choose those recommendations before it then goes to various party rooms. The Liberal Party uh, will uh, have their own uh, party room conversations about those and then they'll go to a joint party room with the Nationals and and right through the whole process, even before it gets to the House of Representatives, uh, and then uh, if there's something that gets through there, then into the Senate with all of the obstructionist ideas that happen uh, from those who are in the Senate, just getting change to happen is a huge, huge process. Uh, So there's a challenge here. But what we're asked to do right now is make a submission. So it's at the beginning. Mm. When we talk about a battle that is ahead of us this year, this is a long, hard battle that we will face and that we have to face up to. Look, it's, it's, um, it's a testament to the fact that, that uh, Malcolm Turnbull's value of freedom of religion over redefining marriage wasn't true in that he valued passing the legislation of homosexual marriage um, more than he wanted to see freedom of religion. And the reason he didn't include it, because it was in the too hard basket. It would have been very hard to get through Parliament. The left wouldn't have supported it at all because they're completely opposed to freedom of religion. They believe you have the right to believe what you believe as long as you don't say it out loud and as long as you don't tell anybody and as long as you don't practice it in public and as long as you don't practice it on any day other than Sunday in a in a religious designated zone. But the the thing is that the Liberal Party constantly tells us that it's better that they pass controversial legislation such as homosexual marriage or recognition in the in the constitution because if we let the other people do it then it will be terrible legislation but what we've seen is is put that to lie it's it's we can't trust them to do the right thing with it at all they had the opportunity to insert some very sensible uh clauses and get it done well and they would have been given the credit for trying to do it and and you know look after their base as well but they just neglected the opportunity altogether and now we've got to come up with some complicated legislation which will be probably even harder to pass than than in trying to do it all in, in the one go. So absolutely what we have to do now, the best solution we've got is to be very, very vocal, to refuse to be silent, to refuse to leave a world to our children that is decidedly worse and more authoritarian than the one we inherited from the generation before us. Interesting for people who might be critics of where you might stand as a Christian partisan-wise because, uh, you know, listeners can hear you saying uh, with the liberal national way of approaching this whole thing, don't expect any great results because we're in for a really rough road ahead. Uh, If it went to Labor to make those sorts of decisions and try and make some laws... We're in for a really rough road ahead. There's no one at the leadership level politically in Australia who has capacity to make the legislation uh, who actually uh, is able to do something worthwhile here. I mean, it, it does look a little bit daunting, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I'm certainly not partisan. Um, I'll give an honest approach, or, uh, uh, honest assessment of everybody who's putting forward ideas, and I expect honest, assess- honest assessment of my own. Uh, the only people Christians should be loyal to is their neighbours. That's who we're commanded to love. Love God, love your neighbours. It doesn't say love the government. It says pray for the government. Pray for them to have wisdom and and righteousness and, and submit to them. But it doesn't say be loyal to the Liberal Party in the Bible or the Labor Party. It it So we should be undecided at every election and honestly look for the best candidates who will promise to represent us. And we are representatives of Jesus. And if there is to be a groundswell, and of course, as we know, it's the political arena that makes the laws... Uh, that actually shapes the culture. And as Christian believers, and I know you're big on all of this sort of thing, Dave, uh, the idea that Christians need to take more responsibility politically Mm. and knowing that there are a number of state elections coming up, uh, one in Tasmania coming up very shortly, uh, another one in South Australia, uh, also at the end of the year, another state election in Victoria. And who knows when we might have another federal election, and that is, Mm. in fact, uh, perhaps even uh, earlier than what people might imagine. So there is a political uh, road ahead and there is going to be need for Christians who do stand on convictions, convictions that, you know, God is the author of life, that his truth, his righteousness is valuable Mm. as the conscience of a society. Uh, There's going to be a call for people to actually stand up and become more politically involved. Yes. Look, uh, as Christians, I I hope I'm not the first to tell you this, but... um, Jesus told us the world would hate us. We shouldn't expect an easy path. We've been blessed to inherit a country that was built on Christian foundations, where our legal traditions were based on Christian values, where at the time of Federation, 90% of people uh, valued uh, Christian sentiments and demanded that the Constitution acknowledge our humble reliance on God. But that is not the country we live in anymore. We're no longer 90% Christian population. And, and, the time is coming where we're going to have to either fight for that freedom or live in a nation without it. And there, you know, this isn't anything new in other parts of the world. In China and the Middle East, being a Christian is an incredibly unpopular and dangerous uh, worldview. So, you know, the thought that perhaps we're going to have to have some courage um, isn't novel around the world, and we should get used to it now. Get a spine and just see how long we can protect freedom and the gospel in Australia, because currently we've got the tools of democracy to do it with. Okay, just a couple of minutes out from Vision National News, inviting listeners to join our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Dave, you're behind the upcoming Church and State Summits. It's on the 23rd of February in Brisbane. Uh, Give us a little, in a nutshell, idea of what's coming at the Church and State Summit. Well, the Church and State Summit is all about uh, two things, uh, and that is... Firstly, making us aware that the church does have a voice and and more than that, that you're the voice of the church. It's not just your pastor. It's not just uh, a bishop or a pope. It's actually you, the person on the worksite, the person in the classroom and the person in the pulpit. It's, it's every single one of us and we are the conscience of society. We are the prophetic voice of the, of the church to society. We are the declarers of truth. Jesus described it as the city set on a hill that can be seen from anywhere away, the the light set on a lampstand so that it eliminates the shadows in every corner of the room. And and that's our role. 
And so Saturday, the, the bulk of the program is actually all about basic training for everybody. You don't need to be a political type from 15 years old to 50, from you know pastors to plumbers. I want everybody to be able to have ready-to-go answers for the the values in society that we want to see, values of life and family and freedom. Just quickly, you've got a great lineup of speakers. Yeah, so we've got uh, John Anderson, former Deputy Prime Minister, who, who has a great message on his life about the church, um, the individuals that make the church participating in, in politics. And that doesn't necessarily mean parties. It just means the public conversations about important issues. We've got Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby, Martin Isles from the Human Rights Law Alliance, Curly Smith, um, and Brendan Malone, the Head of Education and Media for Focus on the Family New Zealand as, as well. Dave, let's talk about how ordinary Christian believers in their workplace, and it might be a school or it might be those bakers and florists and people who are right in the middle of the whole issue of where they stand with a biblical righteous position that now is antagonistic to where the flow of a nation seems to be going. Uh, how do you approach these sorts of things in a respectful way as a Christian believer and and speak up for your faith? What are your thoughts? Well, it's a... It's certainly a not a black and white um, situation, and I think something that we probably have to acknowledge if if we're being honest with ourselves and and intellectual honesty is is really useful. Um, being able to criticize ourselves in in arriving at the truth, but I think we have to admit that what we've been doing to date has failed. It's failed our neighbors. It's failed our nation. We we have a culture that is degrading its its um, Christianity, its values, its integrity. Even if you don't believe in God, um, the cultural Christianity is valuable for a society. It's been the foundation for the prosperity of every individual in a in a Western democracy. Every poor person has has risen with the wealth of a, a nation and. And we can talk about the income gap increasing, but compare poor people to the same class of people, you know, 100 years ago, and we're just so much better off as a nation prospering under under Christianity and, and the freedom that Christianity brings. So when it comes to the rules of engagement, we've been basically um, meek as lambs um, and, you know, gentle as doves, if you like, and we've left out the cunning as serpents. Um, part of, of scriptural in, you know, exhortation on, on how to engage with the world. And we've let the world dictate to us the terms of engagement. We've shrunk back every time they've told us that we're being judgmental. When scripture, Jesus actually says to judge, explicitly says that we are to not judge things by their appearances, but to judge with righteous judgment. And the people who quote, judge not lest ye be judged, simply take the verse in isolation and sometimes only two words, judge not. And they neglect the rest of the the counsel of the word of God. And and so we need to get smarter. We need to know the word for ourselves. We need to know that that verse is misquoted. We need to know that at times uh, Jesus spoke to the lawmakers, the people who piled um, burdens of oppression on on the the population 
that sometimes he spoke to them in a very mean way. That's not out of bounds. Jesus is the example that we're meant to follow. He called his opponents uh, sons of Satan. He told them their father was the devil. He told them they were hypocrites. He told them they were broods of vipers. He told them that they were whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones, a, a, a marvelous picture of putting on appearances while being full of rotten decay on the inside. And, you know, I I I can't say I've got it exactly right, and anybody who does say that's probably in dangerous territory, but I think we need to be a little bit more bold. Well, while we're so used to hearing of and seeing the portrait painted in our own minds of gentle Jesus, meek and mild, uh, perhaps a little bit uh, under the surface, get into some more studies in the Gospels to see how Jesus really did respond uh, when there were those who challenged the authority of the things that he was saying. I mean, overturning the tables in the temple. I mean, uh, this was uh, not only a verbal Attack! It was a physical attack mm. on those things that were mm. overtaking the things of God and uh, needed to be cleared out of the temple. Uh, let's talk about Jesus for a few moments longer because people will say, uh, well, we're so used to this old gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Uh, you've indicated that as we look back on the way that the marriage debate unfolded and uh, and the no case lost, uh, that perhaps we weren't aggressive enough. And when I say aggressive, uh, you know, that's uh, a word you can uh, think about and unpack as well, but mm-hmm. not aggressive enough, not proactive enough, not assertive enough to actually have cut through mm. and to one have won some points in that debate where perhaps we were steamrolled. And when the freedom debate hits us this year, as it will, uh, we need to be prepared for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, the right word that you used was assertive, and, and that's what you mean by aggressive. And, and yeah, we need a bit of mongrel in us, to put it in an Australian vernacular, um, and we need to take the fight to them because they are steamrolling us, and it's because we're playing by their rules and, and you know, we're letting them dictate what the Bible says and how Christians should apply that. And, look, some Christians misinterpret the Bible, but most non-Christians misinterpret the Bible. And we can't, we can't let, you know, the worst thing that, that we can do when being engaged by a hater of truth is try and explain ourselves. When they say you're a racist, to try and answer and prove why you're not a racist actually dignifies a stupid comment. Uh, you know, all that's established when someone calls you a racist is that those people are not interested in facts. They're not interested in a civil conversation, and that's what you should be pointing out. If you're called a racist, an Islamophobe, a homophobe, or any of the labels that the the haters of truth will use to malign you because you're advocating truth, then you have to understand that they actually see truth itself, and therefore Jesus, as a tool of oppression. They think you're wrong simply because you're arguing for truth. You're never, ever going to win those people. And so if you try and meet them on their ground, um, you're just going to lose because it's it's stacked against you. When someone calls you a racist, you just have to call them out and say, well, you're a jerk. You're not interested in the truth. You're just interested in attacking my character. The, the actual merits of the argument have nothing to do with it at all. And you're not relying on evidence or facts. Let's talk about what's actually at issue. Let's not talk about my character because that's got nothing to do with it at all. 
I'm not a racist, but you're clearly not interested in actual solutions and answers to this issue. Interesting to compare the passion that comes from two sides here. You've got uh, those that we might uh, label uh, leftists uh, with the LGBT agenda who are so passionate about what they believe that they are ready to call names. They're ready to uh, show their tolerance by complete intolerance, if that's a way to describe the way that that works. Mm. But if I compare that sort of passion that's happened on that side to win the debate over marriage with the passion that's on the other side to win the debate for righteousness, I'm not seeing the passion on the side of the Christians. Now, that's not to say that there are not those who have that passion and who are not being heard, but this is an area that we perhaps need to work on. Do you truly believe that the Bible is uh, God's word to mankind, that it is a document of truth, that it is something that you Mm -hmm. can stand for? And as the apostles and so many have done in the last 2,000 years, given their life for the truth of the scriptures, then somehow or other the passion needs to be talked about. What is the passion of my heart? What's the passion of my life? What are your thoughts, Dave, on, on the way that passion needs to arise in Christian believers? First Corinthians 15.58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's the passion we need. We need our feet firmly planted uh, on on the rock that is Jesus, the truth of the word of God, and we need to be steadfast and unmovable, unapologetic for, for the truth that we're fighting for, that we're representing, that we're advocating, that we're illuminating into society. And, and that means pushing back. That means not conceding ground. That means... You know, we we can't we can't do what the radical extremist leftists do, and that is violent protest. That's not us. That's not Jesus, and that's not even most people on the left. They are the best argument against the left. Um, you know, there's lots of Christians who would probably vote left of center, not a majority, but a significant number, and they are horrified by the behaviour of the the rioters, the socialist alliance, the Antifa that turn up at, at a simple Christian meeting to to shut it down. But uh, they are the, actually the best argument against those ideologies. Like, these are the people on your team. Identify that, that this is the natural progression of the current thinking that you're going down, that perhaps the Word of God is subjective and culturally, you know, uh, relevant and and it actually changes to suit. You know, maybe Jesus did talk against homosexuality, but that was two thousand years ago. And today, it's all you know wrong. That's the natural progression of what you're talking about is is throwing out the rules and doing whatever it takes, including violence and punch a Nazi, to you know to to win the argument. And yeah, we we need to stand against that. We need to call it out, and we need to. Turn the language and the tactics of the the leftists back against themselves. 
Okay, there's a big conversation to have about that and one we might need to do, talk some more about on 2020 on a later date as well. Uh, well, let's talk about a little bit uh, this Church and State Summit that you've got coming up because there is a future engagement, whether it's this year or whether you think medium term or even long term, the engagement between the church and the state, it is going to be something that many, many more leaders will need to rise to to be part of that engagement. Uh, on the 23rd of February, uh, you're going to be hosting the Church and State Summit in Brisbane. It's not too late for people to get a ticket for that. Uh, this is the sort of thing that is going to be so important for the future. I'm going to take a break in just a few moments, but people can register for that Church and State Summit right now, can't they, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, still two weeks left to get your early bird ticket. Um, all the information on the speakers, the program, and the place to buy your tickets is at churchandstate.com.au, also available on Eventbrite. But, uh, yeah, there, one of the other purposes of the summit is to connect people to the resources that will help them fight the battle, to put arrows in your quiver so that you can have a ready response. Um, it, it won't just be a whole lot of information. It will actually be training and, and memorizable lines that you can use that a lot of people don't know, just simple truths to help people see the reality of the wisdom in the Word of God. You won't need to quote chapter and verse, Scripture to to your friends. You'll actually need to quote science and evidence and logic and facts. And there are some really, really simple ones that, that any high schooler can memorize. We'll be providing that to everybody and introducing them to lots of organizations like Vision Radio who are having good conversations and helping every Christian get better informed and better involved. Uh, we have our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Samuel is in Yay in Victoria. Hello, Samuel. Welcome along. Hello, sir. How are you? Very well, thanks, Samuel. What are your thoughts on our conversation today? Oh, mate, I couldn't agree any more. Um, you are speaking the Word of God truthfully. Um, however, there is one point. You said before that um, there's not too many Christians out there speaking the Word of God truthfully. Right. And I couldn't disagree with you, with you on that anymore. Okay. I'm I'm out there sp- doing what I can to speak about the Word of God and trying to get into the prisons and trying to get the places where they need it into um, institutions and mental institutions, prisons, um, old care facilities. But the pe- the people are just not listening, and the the people that I'm trying to get into the prisons to see and the psychiatric homes. They, they just don't want you there. They just don't want you. Okay, and, you are a champion and, of the faith, Samuel, and uh, when you indicate that when you're trying to get in and you get knocked back, this yep. also is a part of the attack on freedoms because it was a time uh, when people in old age uh, care homes and uh, those sorts of facilities would love the idea that Christians would come in and present a church service and befriend uh, the people who are uh, part of that old age care facility. But let's get a thought or two. Uh, Dave, your thoughts for Samuel? Yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, Samuel. It, it needs to be carefully said um, when we're calling for more people, that we don't say there's nobody out there right now. So, uh, yeah, that's you, you're totally right. There are people and there's more people. It, there is a growing sense of importance to, to get out there and be involved in these public important conversations about critical issues to society as well as um, the need to get out the gospel. So absolute um, props to, to you and to Vision Radio and to 
the Christians in alt media and, and other people who are getting out there, the, Christ, the, the pastors who are not afraid to tackle these topics in their pulpits, um, we wouldn't ever want to suggest that they don't exist and they're not increasing, but there's nowhere near enough. Thank you so much to Samuel from Yay in Victoria. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316. There's still time for a call or two if you want to be part of the conversation. I don't think we said there was no one out there. And I think uh, we were talking in the context of some church leaders who were reluctant mm. uh, to speak truth. There was plenty of that. Honestly. Uh, and I think, uh, but I certainly appreciate Samuel. And uh, that's right. He is a champion of faith. Someone mm. who's always looking for an opportunity. Yay church. Yay, church. (laughs) Well done, Samuel. We're back with more in just a few moments. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Dave Pellow is our guest. We've been talking the issues of freedom and freedom under attack. There is a Ruddock Freedom Review. They're calling for submissions. There's a need for quality submissions and also quantity of submissions too. And so the challenge there for you to be part of that whole uh, opportunity to re- to make your submission to the Ruddock Freedom Review. So we're talking freedom in general, Dave. I know that there are lots of things that offer wisdom into the conversation. What sort of things encourage you when you're thinking through these issues of freedom? Look, freedom isn't the opportunity to do whatever you want. Freedom, if you understand freedom properly, comes from God, and it is the opportunity to do what is right. And uh, look, one of the things that really, really inspires me is, is that we have the words of life. That's us, Christians, the church universal. We have the words of life. How dare we keep them to ourselves? Um, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, you know, had some, had some faults, admittedly, but he was such an inspiration. And one of the messages that I resonate with, with him on for the church is, if the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority. And that makes me terribly afraid. Okay. The challenge to recapture the zeal. Look, we're running short of time, but let's take one very quick call. Jasmine is in Melbourne. Hello, Jasmine. Welcome along. Hi. Hi, Jeff. I'm so happy to hear the conversations. And I I'm, I stand for, for believers that we all have to be rise up to, to um, take the authority that God has given to us because in the Bible it says righteousness exalts nations and mm-hmm. I I also encourage to hear that uh what you guys was talking and we all take a part and we all need to be uh rise out as an ambassadors for Christ. Yep. Jasmine, yeah. just great to hear your sentiments and that challenge to rise up and uh, in the dying moments of our conversation because we're going to go to focus on the family very shortly. But uh, a quick thought for Jasmine uh, from you, Dave. You're absolutely right, Jasmine. The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. And uh, what that means in, in I guess, uh, common common language for those people who aren't Christians is that the laws of God are the best way to run a nation, to run a society. They will make everybody happier, healthier, uh, better marriages, better jobs, better dignity, better mental health, um, the full enjoyment of life and strength. And the best thing for a nation is to cooperate with God's laws. Righteousness exalts a nation.
Jasmine from Melbourne, thank you so much for your input today on 2020. And just as we do tie some loose ends together, a couple of websites to mention. Uh, one of those, DavePello.com, because Dave, uh, your online commentary, uh, a gaining uh, following and uh, people are really getting into some of the meat of the topics and the uh, issues that are facing the nation. And I know we want to talk about uh, church and state, the Church and State Summit, and there is a Church and State website. Just remind us what that Church and State website is. Well, if you can remember that, you've remembered the website, churchandstate.com.au. There's no special dots or symbols or anything. It's just three words, churchandstate.com.au. Just Google it, and uh, I'll be pretty close to the top there. And Friday the 23rd of February is when that summit is on and uh, you've got a fabulous range of keynote speakers and it'll be a very important day. There'll be a lot of substance that comes out of that. Anyone who is within Kui of Brisbane for the 23rd of February, you ought to be making a plan to be at that summit. It is on a Friday. You might need to take the day off work to be there. Friday and Saturday, it's Friday and Saturday. We've got people coming from Perth and New Zealand that have already registered. Uh, fantastic lineup. It's not about one person or one organization. It's actually a showcase of all the resources, the best that the church universal has to offer to train all of us to be useful, to get off the sidelines, to get into the battle for the hearts and minds of our 25 million neighbors, the culture war that we're all engaged in, whether we know it or not. Well, Dave Pello, uh, always good getting these uh, opportunities to uh, just to hear your heart, to pick your brain, uh, to get that knowledge that you're gleaning in uh, the streams that you're moving in, the people that you're talking to. Uh, great contribution once again to 2020, and I look forward to the next time we have an opportunity to talk. Thanks for being with us today on 2020. Thanks so much for all your hard work, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.